It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We are going to talk about a Reds series win over the Chicago Cubs. That was a great weekend at the ballpark. Going to talk to you about each of the games, break them down, give you my big takeaway from each of the three. I've also got a thought or two about uh, some players moving forward. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into all of that here on today's podcast. Before we jump into that, though, make sure that you are following the podcast on your current favorite podcasting app. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Sorry that we uh, didn't have a Jeff's Junk Mail segment last week. We are absolutely going to be doing that this week. So get in some questions, comments, reactions. Maybe you've got a take I'll see what I think about that take, and I'll give you my thoughts on that as well. 513-549-0159. All right, let's get into this because this weekend was awesome for the Cincinnati Reds because they won the series 2-1. to one. And before the season or the series started, I put a poll on Locked On Reds on Twitter. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? The Reds are going to sweep the Cubs. The Reds are going to win the series against the Cubs or – Option C, which is the wrong answer, please see option A or B. And most people thought they were going to win the series. So it it was nice to see that most people were right. And and it was a very interesting (laughs) series all around. The entire three games had something for everybody. Sunday was insane. That was the most home runs combined by both teams, or at least tied for the most home runs hit in Great American Ballpark Ever. It tied the Reds Pirates game from seven years ago, April 14th of 2014. You might remember it well. Todd Frazier homered in that game for the Reds, as did Devin Mesoraco, and so did Joey Votto and Ryan Ludwig. Just to take you back with uh, those rosters, the pitching matchup that day was Homer Bailey against Wandy Rodriguez, and there were six Pirates home runs, which kind of stunk because the Reds actually lost that game. Thankfully, they won this one. What a day for Nicholas Castellanos. Blastianos walked him off in the bottom of the 10th, but that wasn't before. That was his fifth hit. He had four other hits in this game. Two of them were home runs. His second home run, I barely saw. I like looked down at Twitter for a half a second. I heard the crack of the bat. I looked back up at the television, and it was already in the right field seats. I mean, that was a laser if I ever saw one. He is locked in. And actually, there was a tweet from Mike Petriello this morning talking about his home road splits are just crazy. And I know it's really short. It's only been a month, barely uh, over a month into the season. So looking at stats like that right now is kind of silly. It's really more anecdotal than it is anything else. But 
on the road as opposed to at home. He has a 1,300 OPS at home. 1,300. Pitchers don't want to pitch against Nicholas Castellanos at Great American Ballpark. Hopefully, neither do the White Sox pitchers coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. But he had a game, and A. Eugenio Suarez is back. That's right. I'm saying it. I'm declaring it. That was a three-hit game for Gino. Had a homer. He did strike out again. I was kind of hoping that he would go through the whole game without a strikeout. But a three-hit game. Most hits he's had in a game this season. Only a second multi-hit game of the year. But I'm declaring it. He's done. The slump is over. Gino has joined the ranks of this 2021 Reds lineup and will, from henceforth, be a threat to opposing pitchers. That was a great game for him as well. The whole lineup really loved that game. I mean, you had a homer from Tucker. You had a homer from Moose. You had Nixon Zell getting on base three times. It it, it was a phenomenal day. We're going to talk more about Nixon Zell in just a minute. I got some thoughts on what they've been using him in games here over this weekend series. But if, if you were a fan of the hits and... Chicks dig the love the long ball. We we know that. But if you're a fan of a good hitting performance, you loved Sunday. If you're a fan of pitching, you probably weren't too happy. You probably might want to have forgotten that game. In fact, I'm pretty sure most of the Reds pitchers and most of the Cubs pitchers probably got together and shared horror stories of that day at the Dora at the Banks. I said that in the Locked On Now uh, video that I posted after the game at Locked On Reds on Twitter, but it was uh, not a good day for either. Really, unless you're Heath Hembry, um, he had a good day for the Reds. He continues to impress. In his short time after being called up, he was just barely acquired before spring training was over on a uh, minor league deal with an invite to spring training. So the Reds have him on the minimum, and he's a vet guy. He's not a rookie guy. But he was the only Reds reliever to come in and pitch a clean inning yesterday. That was absolutely phenomenal. And then looking at the rest of it, like Amir Garrett continued to show that he's waking up, that that he is ready for 2021, which is good. I mean, they really need him because Lucas Sims continues to show he's got to figure out what's going on with this curveball. In fact, Cowboy was talking about it a bit. It just looks like in his delivery, his arm is trailing a bit, so he's not able to get over top on the breaking ball, and so it just spins. And that is why Javier Baez hit one to Central Kentucky with that home run off of Lucas Sims because – he was just hanging every single breaking ball he's throwing up there, and that's his bread and butter. Like As good as his fastball is, his breaking stuff is what makes him a great pitcher. But he had a tough day on Sunday. He gave up those two runs to Javi Baez, and he had three walks and two-thirds innings pitched on Friday, which we'll talk about that briefly when we talk about Friday's game. But overall, it just looks like Lucas Sims just needs to get into a rhythm. He's not quite all the way in rhythm for the season. I don't think it's necessarily something crazy, but it looks like that Garrett is getting into that rhythm, and the Reds really need Garrett because if Sims isn't the bullpen ace that we all think that he can be, and with T.J. Antone showing that He's not necessarily always going to come in and get everybody out as he gave up four earned runs and the game-tying three-run home run to Ian Happ there in the eighth inning with two outs. 
right before Hap had to leave the game. That was a crazy accident in the bottom of the ninth. Sorry getting sidetracked there, but hope, hopefully Hap is okay. Kind of looked like he was a little bit concussed, so hopefully he's all right. But if, if Anton and Sims aren't always on, they've got to have more than just those two guys, and Garrett is one of the guys that you're looking at to be there What's weird, though, was he had two strikeouts. He he gave up the intentional walk because they were trying to get the force play. But then, uh, even though manager David Ross did not have anybody on the bench to really pinch hit, David Ross kind of outthought David Bell. And, and here's what I have to say about that, because he brings in Jake Arietta to pinch hit for the reliever, Andrew Chafin just because Chafin was a lefty and Arietta is a right-handed hitter. And sure, you can say, well, he's a right-handed hitter and he actually has six career home runs, so maybe he's okay with the bat. And so David Bell then goes to the bullpen and brings in Ryan Hendricks. Let that sink in for a minute. The Reds' closer candidate, Amir Garrett, who is now figuring stuff out, who is now getting to the point where I think we can start to see him pitching and not worry about every single pitch that he's throwing up to the plate has to be pulled because David Bell didn't want him to face the opposing team's pitcher. I th- I think I give the win to David Ross. I, I know Ryan Hendricks got the out, but David Ross kind of outthought him there. David Bell don't think you needed to make that move. I, I get it. Just, you're going to say, well, righty on lefty and all this other stuff. But Amir Garrett's figuring it out. And when he had it figured out last year, righty-lefty didn't matter. He was getting everybody out. I, I just I, I thought that was strange. But, hey, it worked out, so, you know, whatever. What do I know? I still think David Ross won that manager battle, even though he didn't get the hit. He, he was able to get David Bell to pull a potential closer out of his bullpen to bring in a rookie to face... I don't know. It's just, it just it was confusing. There was lots that was confusing about the Sunday game. I'm just glad that the Reds won. We're going to talk about the remaining games in this series. We're going to look at Saturday and the the uh, the brawl. I don't know that we can call it a brawl. Again, the Reds were in a hollering, this time with the Cubs. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But before we get into that, I want to let you know we still have this awesome deal with betonline.ag. Make some money off of your sports knowledge today. Head on over to betonline.ag and enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. You set up your profile for free, put in your initial deposit money so that you can start making money off your sports knowledge and type in the promo code Locked On. They'll give you 50% more just for doing so. Bet Online has odds for all of the sports, whether it be Major League Baseball, NBA as they're heading into the postseason. You've got horse racing, which Kentucky Derby was last weekend, so you missed that. But there's other stuff going on as well. UFC fights, all of that great stuff. You can even bet on reality TV if you really want to. Check it out today at betonline.ag. Set up your profile and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Join me and millions of others who are making money off of their sports knowledge at betonline.ag and set up your profile with the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so the Reds won the Cubs series, but there was that loss on Saturday. We, we got to talk about this because there were a couple of things. Number one, this was a giveaway game. I'm calling those giveaway games, and I, I think we all kind of know what that means. The Reds should have won this game. The Reds had plenty of opportunities to score plenty of runs. In fact, Jeff uh, Brantley and uh, Tommy Thrall were talking about this like they couldn't believe that the Reds lineup was not hitting Zach Davies. Zach Davies was throwing the ball up there at like 87, 88 miles an hour, and he was allowing plenty of base runners, whether they be walks or hits. But for some reason, there was like a gate at third base that the Reds just couldn't get past. There were a couple of innings in a row where they left the bases loaded. And when you look at the box score, you're going to see that Zach Davies only gave up one earned run, but he should have given up so much more. The Reds just had so many missed opportunities, and I call this a giveaway game. This is the Reds' uh, fourth giveaway, no, fifth, sorry, can't count, fifth giveaway game on the season because I look at it this way. April 13th in San Francisco, where the Reds scored four runs in the top of the first inning, and then Luis Castillo gave up four runs in the bottom of the first inning and then that game was just a dogfight from there, I'm counting that as a giveaway game because it really felt like the Reds had that game in the bag and they just gave it away. And then the other three that I add on to this uh, five giveaway games so far was the entire series against the Diamondbacks at Great American Ballpark. I mean, come on. They should have won every single one of those games. The Diamondbacks are not that good of a team. I got it. They got a winning record, but most of it's just come against the Reds. But that three-game series at Great American Ballpark, in every single game, you could point to a moment where, well, if the Reds had done this, they would have won. It wasn't as if they got dominated. It wasn't as if there were a whole game where like Johnny Cueto shut them out or Shane Bieber was just shutting them down, something like that. No, every single one of those games, they could have won, including... Game two of that series where they had a 3 nothing lead in the top of the ninth inning. We won't talk about that. But yeah, so fifth giveaway game of the season. Hopefully they don't have too many in these stat categories because these are the games that you look at. Because Saturday, you had a great pitching performance all around. Luis Castillo actually got the whole monkey off his back of an early start, uh, you know, early innings just blow up because he was great in the first couple of innings. It was later on, he was starting to get hit really hard. He gave up a lot of hard contact in this game. All three runs that the Cubs scored were charged to him. Now, part of that was he left early in the sixth inning and Sean Doolittle allowed uh, one of the two inherited runners that Castillo left him to score. In fact, Doug Gray shared a stat yesterday after Doolittle gave up another uh, inherited runner to score is that he has given up seven of eight er, er, inherited runners uh, allowing them to score. 
It's not great. It's early in the season. Hopefully that can change. But when you look at relievers, that is an important stat as well, is what do they do with the guys who are on base whenever they come into the game? Because not all relievers are going to come in at the beginning of the inning when the bases are clean. Sometimes you got to bring them in to mop up some damage. And so far, Sean Doolittle has not been so great at that. But anyway, that, that's beside the point. Castillo, overall, not the best of days. Five and a third with three earned runs and eight hits. That's where he was getting hit a lot. He did have five strikeouts on the day. Like I said, early on in this game, he looked very well. Hopefully, his next start, he can put it together with the really good late innings and the really good early innings. And maybe he's got a long start in him his next go around. And then the bullpen as well. He had a great day from Heath Hembry. I'm talking about this guy a lot. I mean, I I think it's still a little early to put him in the tier one, but he's definitely in tier two so far as the reliever tiers for the Reds. And then, you know, you had a nice inning from Ryan Hendricks there at the end, but this is a giveaway game because this is a game that the pitching did everything that they could to keep them in the game. And the defense did everything it could as well. No errors, clean day for them. So you got to look at the lineup on this one. You got to score more than two runs, man. So a giveaway game for them here on Saturday. And of course, we'll, we'll talk briefly about this because this is kind of where I think that Amir Garrett is back. Not, not because he celebrated the strikeout, but I think that when you look at every single baseball player, whether they are the emotional type like Amir Garrett, whether they're the quiet type like Joey Votto, all of this stuff, they are emotional dudes in some way or another. They're either, you know, overt or they're private about it. So when it comes to a situation where Garrett has struggled as much as he has early on and you get that big strikeout of Anthony Rizzo, you celebrate it to almost zonk yourself out of the fact that you've been in a slump and you start off this new mentality. Did he go a little bit far? Maybe. Anthony Rizzo wasn't biting, though. Like, Anthony Rizzo smiled at him. He was like, yeah, you know, he got me. Whatever. It was Javi Baez that jumped the fence in the dugout to start yelling back. What did Javi Baez have to do with this? Oh, that's right. They've got a history. So Javi Baez took Anthony Rizzo's strikeout personally to him. And, yeah, that, that, that was just weird. And there was no ejections. There was no fight. They were just yelling at people. And you, you had that picture of Baez flipping off. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably flipping off Amir Garrett. But it's like, come on. That's not a fight. That's not a brawl. That's a hollering. So the Reds have two hollerings this season. And I look at this, I'm thinking, I, I, Amir looks like he's back. And I think a lot of that had to do with him getting super emotional there. Did he go too far? Yeah. He probably did. That was the second out of the inning in a game that they were losing. Didn't have to go that far with the celebration, but hey, let the kids play. All right, we are going to wrap up today's podcast by talking about Friday and talking about Joseph Daniel Vado. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you, I've been telling you guys a lot about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And if you haven't taken my advice yet and you need to try it, head on over to BuiltBar.com today and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and it also has amazing stats. It's low in sugar, low in carbs, low in fat, and high in protein. You're going to taste 
a candy bar, but it's going to be as healthy for you as some of those protein bars out there that you've tried before, and you're like, yeah, this is chalky, or this tastes like cardboard. Built Bar's not any of that. It's got 100% real chocolate, really good flavors, too. They've got the brand new flavors, like the puff flavor, like churro puff, and you got banana cream marshmallow puff. These, these flavors are just fantastic. And then you look at my favorites, like Cherry Barcia, and you've got Coconut Brownie Chunk, all day, every day. Check them out. BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15. They're going to deliver them right to your door and your snack game is going to get immediately upgraded. We're talking about Nicholas Castellanos' five-hit day upgraded with Built Bar at BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. All right, with the Reds winning this series, a lot of it came because of the explosion by the Reds lineup on Friday night. They scored eight runs. They won eight to six, just in case you didn't know that. But absolutely phenomenal day yet again for the bats. And a lot of that had to do with a career-defining statistic by our man, Joseph Daniel Votto. He became just the third Red ever to hit 300 career home runs as a Red. And he did it. On Friday, what a phenomenal stat and a a milestone for him because he's a Hall of Famer. We all know that. This is just another thing because what, what what does everybody talk about when they question his Hall of Fame credibility? It's the counting stats. Now that he's got at least 300 home runs, I think that he's a shoe in. And he's going to have a lot more than that. It's not as if he's done hitting home runs for his career. But overall, just love to see that. From Joey Votto, got the curtain call, got to stand up on the curtain. And I love the post-game interview that he had. He was talking about the curtain call, and he's like, you know, yeah, sure. If if I'm thinking at home, if I'm at home and I'm thinking about hitting, I daydream about curtain calls. I love that he admits that. Because if you're a baseball player and you see other guys get curtain calls, hell yeah, I want one. Why on earth would you want him to be robotic about that and be like, no, no, I, I don't want that. I saw some people saying that. That was... It was a goofy take, but I love the fact that he gets his 300th and the Reds get the win. A couple other thoughts about this game. It was concerning, and this was kind of the harbinger. I talked a little bit about this earlier with Lucas Sims. He had three walks and two uh, two thirds innings pitched because they brought him in the ninth. He started the ninth inning, so bases were clean. Basically, just pitch well and you get the save because. They had some other guys give up some runs. It was a little bit frustrating to see performances from De Leon and Carson Fulmer. I, uh, here's my here's my thought about Jose De Leon. He's a one inning guy, period. I know that they want him to be a multi inning pitcher, especially in a situation where they're up by this much. And it's nice that he does eat innings this way, but he is most effective when you limit him to just one inning because it was in that second inning that all of the damage came. He gave up three hits and two earned runs. He had three strikeouts. I mean, that first inning was great. He also had a walk. It was the second inning that got to him. And then Carson Fulmer came back down to earth a little bit. He gave up uh, two earned runs as well in his inning of work. He gave up two hits and a walk. So to see the bullpen make this game more interesting than it needed to be, because Wade Miley had a cool five innings. It wasn't as if it was, you know, phenomenally great stuff, but he limited the damage that the Cubs could do. 
And then the bullpen came in and you started to sweat a little bit. It sucks that we're in a position that no matter the lead that the Reds have, it, it feels like even if they're up by 10, there are some guys that they bring in and you're just like, all right, let's just uh, get out of this inning without them giving up too many runs. It's not good. That's something that they really need to fix very, very quickly. But one other thought from this game, and this is this is definitely a positive thought because he also started here on Sunday, and that is Nick Senzel at second base. Who knew, right? Who's been saying that? Where'd it come from? Oh, yeah, I've been saying that. I've been saying that for a while. This dude is athletic. This dude came up through the minors playing mostly third base and second base. It wasn't until he got to AAA that they started playing him in center field. And I get it. He's valuable out there. But when you got guys like Tyler Naquin and when you got Shogo Akiyama, who is close to coming off the injured list, and you can put Nick Senzel at second base, don't get me wrong. I love Jonathan India. I want to see Jonathan India flourish as much as possible. But the fact that you can move Nick Senzel into the second base position and kind of take advantage of different pitching matchups here and there, that is just an absolute plus because you can build a very strong lineup that way. I would love to see more of this. I, I want to see how they fit Jonathan India into this lineup that way because he has cooled off a bit. It's not as if we're still talking about that opening month to the year when he was hitting like or that opening two weeks, not even month, opening two weeks to the season whenever he was hitting like 400 He's cooled off a little bit, and he's looked like a rookie here recently, but that was going to happen. That wasn't something that I was surprised about. So knowing that you have a very stable option in Nick Senzel to play second base and take advantage of different matchups, I think that brings so much more value to this team than limiting Nick Senzel to the outfield, which is what we heard during the preseason. During spring training, David Bell was like, he's an outfielder. He, he's staying in the outfield. Think outside the box. Nixon Zell at second base shouldn't be that hard of a thought, but the fact that they're doing it now, it's important because David Bell's got to win. If David Bell's going to get that extension, we've, we've talked about this a lot. If he is going to continue to manage the Cincinnati Reds franchise past this season, he's got to have a winning year. He's got to go to the playoffs, and he might even have to make some noise in the playoffs. The way you do that is you keep an open mind about your roster, and Nick Senzel playing second base is definitely open-minded. I love that they do that. I hope they continue to do that as we move forward. All right, tomorrow, the, the Reds are off tonight. So tomorrow, they begin the series with the Chicago White Sox. And by series, I mean like pair of games at Great American. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. The White Sox have a lot of talent on their team. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's though. Make sure that you're following the podcast. That way you don't miss anything that I've got for you this season. Also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here today. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.